talking about our favorite italian stallion the man with the plan <laughs> we, i can't think of a of a term for him other than fucking italian stallion i know i was gonna say we are talking about him have we said that already yeah we already did one about him yeah yeah but like you talking to me yeah we're talking about you are we talking to you no we're talking about you but if you're listening <laughs> then we are talking to you <laughs> Bobby. Bobby may we call you Bobby may we call you Bobby milk that's what they called him as a child Bobby milk because of his com- like his uh, I don't know his skin was pale or pallid or something oh my god may we call you daddy <laughs> <laughs> he's like call me by my name which is daddy <laughs> Robert De Niro Wh- yeah so now uh we're still in the 90s like we did two movies that bookended the 90s and now we're going back to 1995 yeah to talk about two epic crime films these are long movies these were long we put six hours in we did this the, week yeah but you know what i feel like i spent that long reading books yeah i did too actually and i mean you, we did definitely these movies obviously are Heat, directed by Michael Mann. And Casino, directed by Martin Scorsese. I loved both of these movies. I did, too. Did you love one more than the other? I think that I love Heat more. I like Heat more, too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so glad. I thought you were going to love Casino more. Actually, this time watching Casino, as a kid, I was, like, always torn between Casino and Goodfellas. Like, I didn't know which one I liked more. And now watching both of them, there's like no question which one I like more, which is Goodfellas. Like it is definitely a lot better than Casino. Although Casino is good. It's just not. um, I don't think it has it. There's something that's like a little bit like self-conscious about it. Yeah, I think so. And I think that it. (laughs) <laughs> not to like I think it folds in on itself because it, it's aware that it's so self-conscious yeah it's like I mean I was gonna say self-aware but I feel like that implies that there's like some sort of like reflection and maturity in it and self-aware is like a positive thing there's something about it where it's like they know that people are going to want to see a movie that's directed by martin scorsese and it's adapted from the same the book but the nick Pelegia, whatever that guy's name is like it's got joe pesci in it like it has all of these elements and they're doing up this crime drama that actually doesn't really fit I think with where they come from, they're very New York and like their story that they are so good at telling is like Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci is like this like poor person who had to do anything it takes to get to the top. And it's like what it's like to be at the bottom. 
these people that they're playing are well they're not from it from new york uh yeah joe pesci's characters from chicago well and they both are both from, from chicago, chicago and they're both joe from pesci like, with his little chicago accent and he's doing his little accent <laughs> which is like so cute but it like really sounds like a new york accent that it's you're like, trying to do with it, like hard r's yeah yeah <laughs> i'd like, like to think they like when he was maybe filming home alone and he's like hanging out with daniel stern they were yeah. like really working on their chicago he was like wait i got didn't sorry home alone come out the same year too no that was like 1991 i think i feel like that's the same year as or 1990 i think it's the same same year year as goodfellas yeah which is pretty crazy yeah because yeah Yeah, okay okay um i agree i think that there is a uh dissonance in like the tone and the way that he's telling the story and the kind of story that you expect from it because like this is the third collaboration with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and Martin Scorsese, right? Wait, the, I'm third? thinking of Raging Bull. Oh yeah, Raging Bull, and then Goodfellas, and, then, and Goodfellas and Casino. Yeah. There's, maybe there's more in there. I know there was more with Robert De Niro, but I don't know about Joe Pesci. I'm just thinking about the three of them, or like especially the the two of them and the way that they, the different uh, but similar characters that they play. Yeah. In those three movies, like I feel like they are they're underdogs, they're lower class, they're like the these are like scrappy people. Yeah, and it always sort of it's like they're sort of like morality plays about America, which Casino definitely is also. But it sort of felt um tacked on, like the idea of um I mean, I guess we're jumping right into Casino, but at the end when uh, you know, like Disneyland oh my takes gosh. over I yeah. and it's all paid for with junk bonds and stuff is great. But, and also like, of course they're like brushing up against senators and they have to go and like fight for their licenses for the, or he has to ace the Robert De Niro character has to go fight for his license and he's not doing like the quid pro quo with the like cowboys who are in the government there. And so he can't get ahead because you have to like scratch the back of the government for them to scratch yours or whatever. Yeah. So this is so casino takes place in Las Vegas at yeah. a hotel called the Tangiers. And it's based on a book by a, a, a true Nicholas crime writer. Pelegi. I think his name is Pelegi. It's the yes. same guy that wrote Goodfellas. Yes. And he's married to Wise Nora Yes, he was. And I love that, actually, because she had that horrible marriage with, um, what's his name? Carl Bernstein. I don't know anything about that. Oh, my God. Did you, have you read the book Heartburn? No. Or no. seen the movie Heartburn? No. I recommend the book highly. It's, okay, sorry, this is a quick sidetrack, but Nora Ephron is, like, my, one of the great writers of our time, and I love her. And she wrote this book about, I think it's, it's either Woodward or Bernstein, but I think it's Bernstein. She was married to him and he famously had an affair and like left her when she was seven months pregnant or like <gasps> seven months pregnant and like 37 years old. Oh and she had God. uprooted her life and moved to Washington DC where he was this like big journalist and like oh given God. everything up. And he like left her for this other woman. And she, Ew. I know. So she had like some traction and this was like pre cancel culture and pre whatever. And so she wrote this book called Heartburn, which is like a hilarious comedy that is so thinly veiled and so obviously about their relationship and like 
everybody knew that it was about him and it's just about what an asshole he is but it's like she but it but it's like also so vulnerable and just about how she loved him and how hard it was for her and how much she wanted it to work and what she was going through in that time and about her going to therapy and it's like so new york she like goes back to new york and she's in group therapy and it's just like it's just so great i recommend if you just want like a good book to read that's like fun and funny and written by a woman i highly highly recommend it i will definitely check it out i'll at least watch the movie I, the book is better than the movie. I think Jack Nicholson plays the husband. Oh, yeah. Who's the wife? Uh, Meryl Streep, I think. Oh, my God. I've definitely seen the cover of the VHS. And I think the theme song is written by um, Carly Simon. Simon. But it's like, and it's very, very Carly Simon song about oh, yeah. like standing up on my own two feet. And even though I loved you so much and it's like very depressing. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Is it that... Um, that like I know nothing stays the same. But it's not. I don't. Actually, it might be. I don't really remember. But I coming I, around again. That's the song. It might coming be coming around. Uh, well, I don't remember. But I just remember it because like at the end, it's like well, spoil. Well, it's just like they played at the end, and they're like, this isn't like. Now the end of a song of a movie like that would be like Lizzo or something. And I'm just like, this isn't the theme song I want to like end this movie on. I want it to be Lizzo, <laughs> who like definitely was not even born yet when that movie was made. Um, well, I'll check it out. Uh, Tyler Coates pointed out that um, My Blue Heaven and Goodfellas are like the same story. They're like based on the same characters because of because Nora Ephron did... My Blue Heaven. What's the story of it? And Goodfellas? Yeah. It, it's like based on the same source material. Like he was working on. The oh, and she's and she was doing like the is she doing like the female version of it? Well, no, it's with um, Martin Short and uh, Steve Martin. I think it's Steve Martin. It's like a comedy version of the same story. I've never seen it. Yeah, me neither. Well, it's for everybody to look up at some point. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm glad that she found love with this true crime writer who like just writes these fucking movies with Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I know. I love it too. Um, okay. So Casino is based on a real life gangster who yeah. uh, came from Chicago with his childhood friend. They were like put in by the mob. Yeah. Um, Joe Pesci is a made guy. So he's like a real deal gangster and he is crazy. Yeah. And he's like the enforcer. Yeah. He's like the muscle. And then the hero's like the pit. He's boss. like, the, and he's like the brains of the operation. Like he's an amazing like gambler. Like he knows and he's Jewish. And I feel like that like is like a part of it too. Like he knows how like he like what's going on with the football teams and like the horses. Like he and he knows down he's an to odds like maker. he's an odds maker. Yeah. And he's brilliant at it. And he like never loses. And that's why they put him in charge of these casinos to like run the gambling aspect of it. And the movie opens with him getting into his car and starting the ignition and the car blows up. Yeah. And like he immediately turns into a very obvious mannequin and then the car blows up. <laughs> yes. And then he tumbles through the air in a silhouette past all the buildings of Vegas in an opening that very much reminded me of Mad Men. Yeah. Or maybe Mad Men reminded you of this. 
Well, I haven't seen this in a really long time. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. It's like super similar. And also I did download the book for free from Kindle for some reason. And I started it and was like, I just can't right now. I'm so sorry. But I read the first like two pages and they're all, and it was extremely similar. Like, the it starts where he gets in his car and it blows up and there are like flames coming out from the side of the door and he tries to put them out but his arm catches on fire and all of that happens in the movie later on when yeah when, when you, you when the story the, catches up to yeah. the the car bombing it's and the, he yeah. uh so you learn later on that he survives the car bombing because his car had like a special metal plate under the driver's side so he was protected it was amateur night you could tell it was amateur night amateur night so like right from the beginning there's multiple narrators he and joe pesci are both narrating the movie right there's like uh numerous montages there's not a lot of dialogue it's mostly like just the this um constant um like exploring of the world and how everything works how like how this criminal operation uh, has like spread into the desert, how they're skimming money, going back to Chicago, private jets, the di- the hookers, the dancers, the blow, the blow, the craps, and then one golden queen in the middle of it all, Ginger. Played by Sharon Stone. And she is so beautiful you first see her on a on like a security camera and she's like a silent movie god like i felt like that was what they were implying she was like an icon yes um or what not they i guess martin scorsese the (laughs) auteur but yeah she's throwing chips all over the casino because the guy that she's there with isn't like giving her her cut yeah, she's like a real lady luck, and she's like, I want the cut. And he's like, you know. You've been stealing from me all night. She's like, I didn't steal from you, but she, she was. was she's a hustler. She can keep a guy up for three days, like, you know, whatever. She's like getting him some sort of like amphetamine pills that predate Adderall and like giving them to her guy that she's with to keep him up all night and um, making him and get just getting money out of him. Yeah, and and she's like the most beautiful, the baddest bitch of all, original hustler. Yeah. And Robert De Niro is obsessed with her. Yeah, he's like covets her. He He covets her. her. Yes. And um, he demands that she become his wife. And she has one fatal flaw, which is that she's got... Her old pimp boyfriend, Lester Diamond. I know these lines. Like, I watched this movie so much when I was in high school. It's, like, very... Like, I watched this and and Goodfellas so many fucking times. Whatever. Um, I wasn't watching this movie again since you hadn't... You you haven't seen it in a while? No, not in probably 20 years. Um, And you watched it all the time in high school. How, how, how did you feel about it as an adult woman? Well, my feelings changed a lot about how I looked at the relationship, the central romantic relationship between um, the Sam Rothstein character, Robert De Niro's character, and Sharon Stone's character, Ginger. Like, how they... I think that I thought of... Well, you know, Sharon Stone basically goes on a journey of addiction and straight to the bottom and that's where her story ends and it's really a tragic story it's so so tragic um but she's also beautiful and glamorous and um chaotic chaotic violent yes and i think impulsive cruel yeah and i think that i 
was like, well, I'm either going to be like Lorraine Bracco or like Sharon Stone. And I'd rather be like Sharon Stone, but I ended up being more like Lorraine Bracco. (laughs) But um, I feel like, you know, I had, um, I feel like she is, um, I, I didn't see it as, I didn't see it as glamorous anymore in the way that I did when I was a teenager. I remember seeing this movie also when I was a teenager and I don't think that I have seen it since then uh-huh. because uh, I I remember loving Sharon Stone in the first half of the movie, but the turn, the harsh turn that it takes and like there were the watching this, there were things that were like truly shocking to me. There were things that made me gasp. Like what? Um, when she runs away from De Niro and ends up at her old pimp, Lester Diamond's house, and he's on the phone with De Niro and he's like, I haven't seen her. I don't know where she is. And then the camera flips around and she's cutting up lines and her daughter sitting there. And she's like, this is bad. You shouldn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. It, that made me gasp. And then that, that whole sequence of like James Woods yelling at her daughter that like he was going to kill her and like she like smack her in the face and she doesn't say or do anything. I was so shocked by that. And then he like she comes crawling back to Robert De Niro and he just like takes her back and keeps taking her back and taking her back. And then she leaves the house and uh, it's like towards the end of the movie, she's at this restaurant and she's like so fucked up and he goes to the house and he hears his daughter screaming in the house and he opens up her bedroom door and she's tied to the bed like the fucking exorcist. Yes. I could, I had completely forgotten all of that. Yes. And it was uh, extremely upsetting to me. But I remember as a teen, like hating the second half of that movie because like she wasn't beautiful. And like, I only was really caring about like the women's parts in movies like that. Yeah. No, I was too. And I, but I, I remember hating it because she becomes, she becomes unbeautiful too. Like she gets like this shitty haircut and they put her in these like brown, she's wearing that like brown pantsuit. With like like, the, like that uh, turtleneck, that pop top. It's crocodile like, turtleneck. Yeah, like she starts looking totally crazy. Her skin is like gray. She's acting so crazy. Yeah. She's so mean. But I remember oh, I, I remembered <laughs> I know me too. But I remembered all those moments of it, but I remembered as like thinking as a teenager that they were really funny. I'm fucked up. I thought Justine was funny <laughs> and I thought this was funny. Like cuz she was just like kind of like fucking going crazy and like and I I also I grew up also I should say in like a fairly chaotic household I was never like tied to a bed or anything and like no one I was ever like cutting up lines in front of my face being like no 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 don't do this but maybe that's why like I didn't and I just was like so obsessed with like cocaine when I was in high school (laughs) like I never did cocaine but I did I was like obsessed with it and then now watching it as an adult I'm like the movie I don't know see I I to me I'm like oh the movie is telling me she's a bad person that's how I feel watching it instead of thinking oh she's bad yeah I uh this is a thing where I am like separating the um reality from the story and just like looking at it as a story and like yeah 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 how she fits in in into it because she doesn't get a narration the way that like Lorraine Bracco does in 
Goodfellas. Yeah, she's not the partner. Like Robert De Niro and um, Joe Pesci are narrating it. Yeah, and somebody else pops in, right? Do at they? some point, I think. Yeah, there's. I thought there was a point where you Maybe. heard somebody else's voice at one point. But I wonder who else would be even like a big enough character. Yeah, I don't. I maybe I'm conflating something else. I thought like something kind of popped in as a joke. I think you're right, but I I can't remember. I can't remember it either. Um, I mean, I think I also think that happens in in Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Maybe I that's think what I'm thinking. One of. person maybe gets like a quick like. I never did that or something like before they're killed or something. Yeah. I, I feel like there's like some like stunt voiceover work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think like that's what's so cool about Casino, too, is that like at the beginning, like it's opening with that big explosion and then you see voiceovers and then like those great montage scenes that we were talking about with Goodfellas, like you're seeing versions of that, but then it keeps going and going and going and going. Yeah. And it like it's it. There is something almost like meditative about the and weird like pacing of the beginning of the movie. Cause the end is just like all action, all scenes. Like it goes so fast and it's just like, it's all meat. It's, it's yeah. really great. But yeah. I feel like there's a very, um, like, it's like a slow build to it. Yes, totally. Like the, the last act is just like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. The last act. Yeah. Like it goes really fast. It goes from her like leaving, I guess is sort of like, is that where kind of like the first act maybe starts like her leaving to go to LA? I think that's all in like, like, towards the i think feel like that's that all that last like maybe hour and 15 minutes yeah because it's a three-hour movie yes it is it's yeah it really is and so is heat so we watched a lot of movie we, we watched did. a lot of bobby oh god it was so good this was, was like fun. a really like there's so much to think about with these two they're so dense in a way yeah, I feel like Heat is more dense to me than Casino, but maybe just because I've I've had so much time with Casino that yeah. I don't feel like I don't feel like I have any questions about it and I don't feel like I have any like I I I don't know. And also like Casino is like beautiful to look at. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. That scene in the desert when he and Joe Pesci go meet each other to have like their private conversation where they're just fighting and it's yeah. like, "What do you say and I bring the heat?" And he drives <laughs> away and leaves him in the dust. Yes. And he leaves that tra- Oh god, it's gorgeous. Like it, these are like these are movies that you should see in a theater. I couldn't agree more. And I know that they both played recently in Los Angeles and I did not make it to either one. Were they at the New Beverly? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. I'm sorry, but starting he or starting starting casino at 10 p.m. on it's a weeknight is like not an option at this point in my life. No, I wouldn't do it either. No, I'm not gonna come say, on, I mean, guys. I did start both of them around nine o'clock, but I was at home. Yeah, you're at home. I did too, and like. I watched half of it, and then I came back to it, and I yeah. thought about it, and I read about stuff, and I I don't feel like that. I mean, obviously, that's not an ideal way to consume. But this wasn't like your first time seeing either of these movies. No, no, no. Um, I, so I lived in Vegas for a long time. Yeah, I know. As you know. Yes. And it was really cool watching Casino uh, because it was made. I feel like when I moved to Vegas with my family, it was like 1997. So I feel like the city was still in like the f- like 
the blush of heat of casino it was still like reverberating there people were like oh i was involved with casino i was involved with showgirls there were you know there's like all the movies that were shooting there that was like a really um like vibrant time for movies it was like a big a big time for vegas a vegasons yeah a vegasons how lovely (laughs) swingers that movie snake eyes yeah but they go to vegas oh they do go to vegas vegas Vegas, baby you're right they Um, also go to the dresden where we went that's right we did go there uh, so when I was watching Casino, there's that scene where De Niro is like shooting his, com- uh, his television show. I love, yeah. And so there's like this whole thing where he's like, he's too flashy. He's like calling too much attention to their illegal activity. And, uh, he just keeps like heightening his public persona and he ends up like doing a, like a local Vegas television show where he's like interviewing Frankie Avalon and there's showgirls on the stage. Yeah. It's so Vegas. I watched a clip of the real show on YouTube. Oh really? It was like watching paint dry. It was <laughs> unbelievably boring. First of all, the real guy, his name wasn't really Sam Rothstein. It was something else. I can't remember. He is a total drip. He's no Bobby D. And he they're sitting in a booth in like a disco in a casino and he's interviewing a woman and she's just explaining to him how fun it is to do to like go dance disco. And it and it's just and he's it's just two people sitting in a booth smoking cigarettes being like, isn't this nice? Oh, it is nice. Oh, did you see that? Oh, that's good. Yeah. OK. Oh, you're going to dance later. Yeah, maybe. It's like being at the worst like dinner party you've ever been to. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yes. Um, In that scene, uh, there's a shot of an extra. And the extra who is in that scene was a real life gangster that my family got involved with. Oh, my God. Your family got involved with the What do you mean? Well, I mean that when we moved to Las Vegas, my dad started a dinner theater company. Okay. And uh, he met a very charismatic individual who was helping to bankroll the company. And he was doing that by, um, you know, just like sidling up to wealthy widows. Oh, my God. And bleeding them dry. Oh, my God. And he was a real bad dude. I'm going to... I'm not going to post this, but I'm going to, I'm going to show you a picture. So your family knew this guy and like he wanted to be involved with the theater. And then you found out that he was doing this like really fucked up stuff. Wait. Oh, wait, which is he? Well, that's one? Robert De Niro. No, I'm not pointing at Robert De Niro. I'm pointing at this person. Yeah. Next that's to him. Robert De Niro. Yes. Oh my God. Mm-mm-mm. Doesn't he look like a cartoon? That's what they really look like, though. I know. They don't really look like Robert De Niro. They're not hot in real life. If they were hot, then they would be fucking movie stars. But they're not, so they have to be criminals. So they're just, like, sad, like, little criminals. They're just sad criminals who, like, invest in dinner theaters. And they're like, I can never be un- be extras in casino. That's as good as it gets, baby. Sometimes. Um, and seduce old widows. And seduce old widows. And seduce dads. Dads get seduced by a lot of people. My dad has been seduced by his share of people. <laughs> ne'er-do-wells. Of ne'er-do-wells, yes. I called my dad and I was asking him about this. And he was like, he was like, oh, yeah. He always had great stories and great cigars. And Aww. <laughs> I guess it'd be fun to be involved with someone who's like a little shady. Yeah. And then you start to hear things and you're like, oh, this is a very major red flag. 
And then my dad, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I can edit it out. He goes, my dad goes, um, I've got a social security number. <laughs> his? Wa- yeah. A? His. his. He was like, I got a social security number. You want it? And I was like, no. <laughs> what are we going to do with it? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> to like take a credit card or something? No, I don't want that. But is that what the idea was? I have no idea. I think because I was like, do you think he's still alive? How old is he? Where do you think he lived? Like, you know, I was like, what could I find out? And I did like a cursory search of him. And of course, he doesn't have any sort of like online presence. Those people never do. No, no, no. They're smart. Yeah. Not like us. And my dad was like, he he was like no plastic. He just dealt in cash. He had women all over town. Oh, my God. He's just like living that life. He was also an extra in Showgirls. Why? Well, how was he getting paid for these extra jobs if he only dealt in cash? Well, I mean, they give you they give you a check and then you cash the check. I he guess he cash the check. Yeah, you cash it. You can cash your paychecks at a casino. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, you need to like give them your social security number. Like, I'm sure that there's like tax withheld. Yeah, but like, I'm just saying. He got sloppy. <laughs> he did get well, I'm going to get fucking killed now because I said that. No, why? Why would you? I don't know. I'm sure he doesn't listen to this podcast. Okay, do you want to talk does. about Heat? Yeah. Okay. He was also made in 1995, and this is a film by Michael Mann. Do you like Michael Mann's movies? This is the only Michael Mann movie I've ever seen. Oh, my God. We should watch all of his movies. I don't know if I can. Why? I mean, are they all like Heat? No. What, what do you mean by that? Like, long and about, like, guns. Um. Mm, yes and no. <laughs> okay. So what are you some should other- watch? The Last of the Mohicans. Uh, yeah, that's oh, like yeah. a beautiful romantic film with Daniel Day Lewis in his long, gorgeous hair, and Madeline Stowe with her long, gorgeous hair. Well, I do like hair, and their hair is just like intertwining underneath a waterfall. Oh yeah. It's really, really, really good. Wait, I'm looking. Wait, he didn't do the a- the aviator, did he? No, that's Scorsese. Why did it come up when I Googled Michael Mann movies? I don't know. Well, I did like The Aviator. Well, that's Did not- he make Hancock? I don't think so. Why are these movies coming up when I Google it? If he, he did Collateral. I'm going to go to IMDb. I'm going to go straight to the source. He did Manhunter. He did Thief. He did... A show called Crime Stories, Last of the Mohicans, our, the great film Heat that we watched this week. Oh, I do want to see Ford versus Ferrari. What's that? I think that's the new one where Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are reunited. Christian Bale is in it. I don't know. It's supposed to be good. It, oh, no. He didn't direct it, though. James Mangold. He's a producer. It's on his IMDb. Sorry, IMDb is... Why is it glitching on you today? It's not. This is just how I am. No, sorry. Ben Affleck isn't in this. I don't know why I thought this was the movie that they were reunited in, but Matt Damon is in it, and Christian Bale is in it, and I love Christian Bale so much. Okay, Michael Mann... Heat, Collateral, oh, Miami Vice, Manhunter, Thief, Last of the Mohicans. The oh, comedy Miami Vice? The Insider comedy? Didn't what? they redo that as a comedy movie? No, it's with Colin Farrell and um, Jamie Foxx. Is it an action comedy? 
It's not a comedy, but it is an action. And it's good as hell. Public Enemies, which I also liked. Ali. Oh, shit. Did he do The Aviator? No, Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese, I believe. Up, is that? I don't know. Maybe he, like, was, did he produce The Aviator? I don't know. Well, you've all got to hear us browsing the internet. Exactly what we always dreamed of. And it's what we vowed we would never do on this podcast. Yeah, but we've done it we several times. Well, we can, we can clip that all out. Mm, maybe. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, this is the only Michael Mann movie I've ever seen. Okay, well... He's a, he's a national treasure in my in my book. I do really like Heat, and I've always liked Heat. Heat is like to me the movie that was like always on like TNT or something that like my dad was always watching upstairs in his room. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like your dad. You can. I always forget. In okay, so he is about a bunch of cops and a bunch of robbers, but mostly one cop and one robber who are like the like. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Moriarty they're like arch nemeses of one another yeah and they're both so good at their craft they're yeah it can only it's take like the each ultimate other. game of cat and mouse yes yeah and in the mix we've got a uh, another another one of the robber bang gang a crazy serial killer I always forget there's a serial killer in this movie yeah there is a serial killer that um Al Pacino is trying to get to the bottom of Yes, and this guy is also in Robert De Niro's um, milieu, at least in the beginning. So there's like a series of heists throughout the movie. Robert yeah. De Niro's like, like the best like robber. He's like, he's like a a great bank robber, safe cracker, mastermind. He lives, he lives fully on the edge to do crime. He does live to do crime, and, and he wouldn't have it any other way. No. So our first, the first like big, uh, like real set piece of the movie besides Al Pacino's lengthy lovemaking scene in the very opening, in the very beginning. Well, the very beginning is, uh, Robert De Niro on an escalator. The, oh. ve the very beginning is Robert De Niro, like walking through LA and like going down various flights of stairs and escalators. And you see him like through all these bars. And I was like, aha, I think I wrote down like De Niro's descent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he's down Pacino's up and he's fucking. Yeah. Oh, Oh, De Niro and is also, he like, he's walking through the hospital. You see him like, clocking everything he's like seeing how oh, yeah, people he are sees working everything because they're eventually gonna like steal an ambulance like so be, to but that's in the beginning that's like coming up pretty soon this ambulance thing right yeah but yeah. you don't know that you just see him kind of like going through these worlds and you're like oh he's going down and like he's looking at something he's like observing everything yeah and then and then it's the sex scene with al pacino mm -hmm. and the woman that i thought was to me more until <laughs> just before we started i was like and we had a long text conversation where i was like it's so weird to see Demi Moore playing Natalie Portman's mom that's jarring because i didn't think Demi Moore was old enough to play that part and irene did not know what i was talking about i was like haha that does look like her <laughs> she was like they do look alike and i guess i thought you meant Natalie Portman and Demi Moore. Yeah, but just from that first sex scene, because then, like, as the movie goes on, she looks less and less like Demi Moore, but I still just had that in my head from that first scene. Yeah. 
I love that sex scene with the two of them. It's very intimate. It's all close up. It's just like faces and torsos. I love. And like deep kissing. He's like really going to town on her mouth. He goes to town this whole entire time. He, <laughs> he is lives in town. He's, in town. He's the mayor of the town. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is for real. Yeah. <laughs> he is going so hard. Oh my gosh. He doesn't stop. He just like a thousand percent from jump. From the jump, he is at a 10. And I was like, can you do more of the plot? Because I can't, I don't know how well I can explain the plot, at least of the first like hour and a half of this movie. Who, me? I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm no, just no, saying, no, like, no. if you're trying to do a back and forth plot thing, I may be a little bit in the weeds. No, that's totally fine. Okay. Or I'm in the woods. In Lost the woods. In the woods and, and in, the, in weeds. the weeds. You're a babe in the woods. That's right. All right. So I'm just going to do broad strokes on please, this. Please, please, please. Okay. So uh, so we introduce the characters and then we we see that like Robert De Niro is like the head of all these bad guys and they're planning this, this big heist and then you see the heist executed and it's a... Uh, it like takes place under a freeway. There's all these different... Um, uh, people who have all these different jobs and uh, they hijack an armored truck yeah. that is full of money mm. and it's a precise coordinated attack and to me it felt like a little kid like if you gave a little boy like a bunch of cars and you were like play cops and robbers oh yeah <laughs> like it's just like this truck slams into this truck and then it blows <laughs> up and then all the cars blow up and then these bad guys are like <laughs> and they're wearing like bags on their head right they're wearing bags on their heads and uh it's very scary looking it, the, the whole thing is really frightening when uh they they uh, they set off a bomb uh in the armored truck and uh all, it like shatters all the guy's eardrums yeah. And uh, the crazy guy who's like the serial killer, he has them all lined up outside the truck and he's like pointing the machine gun at them all and he's like yelling at them and he's like, why won't you answer me? And they're like, they're they can't hear. They can't hear you. They're like their ears are like, shattered. Yeah. And they're like fully in shock. And it's like really scary. Yeah. I felt I I always forget how bad I feel that the panic, the panic and like the pure fear of it. Yeah. See, it for me that feeling always like kind of translates to just sort of like general irritation in a movie. <laughs> Whenever it's like really loud and it's like everyone's miscommunicating and it's like sort of chaos, I'm just like, why do why must I watch this? I hate this. I hate this feeling, and I just feel irritated. That's not to say it's not effective, but that's just how it makes me feel. Yeah, different things affect me uh, in in different ways like that. Like, weird things will make me feel really, really aggravated. Like, I have to be honest, Phantom Thread. Yes, you talked about this, like, a couple weeks ago on the show. Did I talk about it on the show? I think you talked about Phantom Thread on the show, yeah. Yeah, well, then I probably expressed it then, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, but, I don't know, there's a certain amount of, like, fear and aggravation that is, like, exciting to me as a viewer. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's why I'm excited for Uncut Gems. Because I'm so excited. I'm just excited because it's about a Jewish person who's, like, cool. <laughs> the, did you, you watch the trailer? Yeah. It looks awesome. I know. I can't wait to see it. 
Uh, okay, so after this heist, Val Kilmer goes home to Ashley Judd, and he's like, here's this money, and she's like, uh, can we talk about your lifestyle? And sure. he's like, fuck you. Yeah. And then they have a big fight. And Val Kilmer is like a total vampire in this movie. And I mean that in a good way. He's like a sexy vampire. He is. the And he and Athlete, Ashley Judd are both um, like dyed blonde He's like a surfer criminal. Yes. And she's like his babe. And yeah, she's his total <laughs> babe. And they have a little baby together. And they're th- they're both obsessed with each other. But they both are. Um, they're both really fucked up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I feel like, okay, I feel like I was sort of like disconnected from this movie until way later when he had his like scene with Robert De Niro. Oh, uh, oh yeah. So which that- I think is like maybe like two hours, <laughs> it's like way <laughs> later in the movie. But okay, so okay, so he goes home and she's like, "Your lifestyle's fucked up," and he's like, you, "Fuck he, off!" And he's like, "Why don't you just like appreciate the money that I'm throwing at you?" And she's like, "When is good enough going to be enough?" Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, I feel like is she crying in a closet? Am I just crazy? What are you talking about? Does she get in a closet? Uh, I don't recall her being in a closet, but maybe. I feel like they, they, they're they like in their house. They're like all over their house. Yeah. And her house looks like Uma Thurman's house in Kill Bill. I love the set decoration in this. This oh is gosh. what my stepdad's apartment looked like before he really? married my mom. And wow. like his whole vibe. It, I mean, like just like the bare walls and like white and like black metal, like the lamps and just like nothing really there. But it was all so 90s. Everything that was there. Yeah. It just felt so real to me. I uh, just in general, I love um, the set decoration in Michael Mann's movies and the locations that he uses. And I loved all the locations in this movie in particular, like aside from the houses, which felt like feminine, spa- like the feminine spaces, because there's four main female characters in the movie. It's yeah. um, the Amy Brenneman character who is Robert De Niro's love interest. Yeah. Who I cannot wait to talk to you about. Okay. Um, and then there's uh, Al Pacino's wife, his third wife. Yeah. And their marriage is falling apart. Yeah. He is uh, a neglectful husband. Yeah. And she's also, I think, kind of portrayed as like kind of a bitch. Yeah. She's like very narcissistic. And yeah. It, it's like if you marry a detective, I mean, I just feel like you have to expect that he's not going to be home on time. He's not going to be forthcoming about his day. Well, I feel like it's just sort of like a mar- like two people who are sort of like unwell finding each other. And like, yeah, that's why their sex is so good. Yeah, exactly. Because like he's crazy and he's like a narcissist, too, because he's like performing his entire life. Yeah. And she is she says something the one line i wrote down is her line in the movie um but she is like totally self-absorbed and like barely cares and i feel like her she's like doesn't care about her own daughter right and that's kind of like the big like moral stance the movie takes against her and like to show that she's a piece of shit is like she doesn't love her or she doesn't she's not there for her daughter when like Al Pacino is yes there's even though it's like not even his daughter it's not his daughter and this poor girl so I feel like she is uh she's also one of the four main female characters um and that's she's played by Natalie Portman and she's like 13 
she's yeah like young, 14 she's a young adorable natalie portman she's just so the perfect, beautiful and so great so sweet and her I father her. like pays Dead her beat. no attention yeah and the mother is just like nuts and obsessed with her marriage and getting revenge and she's like bringing these guys over to fuck them and al pacino's like you balling my wife <laughs> oh yeah that so that's at the end when he like catches them yeah but she yeah. like lets herself be caught because that's, she she's like i had to degrade myself with, with that's the, the line i wrote Keith? ralph I, that's ralph. the line i wrote down she said this because this is like the final straw for him when he like comes and he like catches her fucking this guy and he's like you can ball my wife but you can't watch my tv and he like starts like <laughs> unplugging the tv and taking it yes he goes totally crazy and she's like aren't you mad and he's like oh yeah but whatever and she's like I may be stoned on grass and Prozac, but you've been walking through your life half dead. And now I have to demean myself with Ralph just to get closure with you, which I think is like amazing. Mm -hmm. It's like such a great line. And like to say that in front of the guy, first of all, like I have to demean myself with Ralph (laughs) just to get to you. (laughs) And also to be like, yeah, I'm on drugs, but like you are permanently on drugs. Like you are not present. And that's like how it's like, that's why their relationship, that's what they, that's what they like mirror in each other that like, he's not present in his life because he's like so devoted to his job, but he's also very like, he's very ego driven, but he gets like a high from like how good he is at his job and from like being a cop. Yeah. And Um, that's the same as De Niro. They, yeah, they are like two sides of the same coin. I like mean, ultimately yeah. the movie does like boil down to the relationship between these two men and like their similarities. And it's it, it almost becomes like less of a cat and mouse and more of like a like fun house mirror of each yeah, other. Of their lives. Like an exploration of like these two like precise professional men who have sacrificed their entire like personal well-being for well like one of robert de niro's like things i think he says it a couple times he learned it from his father is that he can never have anything in his life that he won't walk away from in like 30 minutes like he won't just walk away from yeah maybe it's 30 seconds i don't yeah, know He's 30 like, he seconds. Wants to walk if you away see from the it. heat coming around the corner yeah don't be uh attached to anything you can't drop you can't drop and walk away from and yeah. that is and i think ultimately is down that's his downfall because if he had stayed with if he had stayed with his love interest, he would have been fine. He would have been home free. He says it like three times. Yeah. So, um, Al, uh, so Robert De Niro, he's this like a great thief. He meets, um, uh, he goes to this, he goes to a bookstore, ends up at a bar and, uh, the woman next to him like <laughs> strikes up a conversation. She's like, what are you reading? And he's like, why do you give a fuck what I'm reading? And she's like, sorry, I just, I seen you in the store. store and he's like, I didn't mean to be rude. It's a book about metals. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 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 this is what i wanted to say about uh, uh the location so there's yeah. like the home spaces where that like the women are like that's like the only time okay. that there's like the in some kind of like furnished space is like if there's a woman present okay and then otherwise it's hallways parking lots loading docks servants entrances employee stairwells shipyards airplane hangars freeways underpasses it's just like metal steel metal, steel well concrete this, parking this, lots. this scene it looked to me like it was in like a california pizza kitchen but then it was like a diner atmosphere yeah. but it felt like I, I don't know i noticed that restaurant scene was so like choreographed and they're all 
all the extras are like gobbling down like huge plates of food. Like it's not like a reg- and they'd spent a really long time panning through that whole restaurant scene. Um, and it was sort of weird because it, it felt like a very like California restaurant. I don't think it was like they sort of acted in the script as if it was like more of a diner place. But it really felt to me like a like a chain restaurant or something like a very like bourgeoisie kind of place. Yeah, it felt like um like an airport like an bar airport bar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a totally like soulless like weird but like very those places are so 90s to me. Like so, so of that time. Totally. So they like she strikes up a conversation with him and he He's not used to like nice girls talking to him because he's so rough. He's got his goatee. No one talks. No one wants to talk to a guy with a goatee. (laughs) (laughs) But guess what? Amy Bredman does. She's just like a poor little bumpkin and she's so lonely and she's so pretty. And yeah, she's got her like, like Parsons education Mm -hmm. and And it's not doing her any good. No, she wants to be a designer, graphic designer. So they have this one night stand and there's this like long scene where he looks at her and he's like just thinking. Yeah. Imagining the possibilities. But he knows he can't stay. A simple life. A life with a woman. A good woman. But then he's like, later, he's like, what is that? Like, football games or something. He's like, he doesn't want it. He'd rather die. But he does want it. But not really. But don't you feel like that he does, like, deeply want that? He just doesn't know how to get... It's like a thing... Like... All, like both of these movies are about like things and like money. Like you, why are you stealing money so you can have things? But the thing that you really want, which is like the pure affection, respect and love of another person who's like on equal footing with you are completely elusive. I don't think that in heat he's doing it for money. I think he's doing it for like adrenaline and ego and because he can't stop doing it. Like, I think it's like a drug for him. Like, would you say the action is the juice? I would say the sometimes the action <laughs> is the juice. <laughs> and that I think is like the thesis of the movie. He, I, I think so too. because I think the action is also, also the juice for Al Pacino. Like, I don't think either of them, I think they both want that. But they don't, if they had it, they wouldn't know what to do with it. And they they would feel like confined by that, like kind of like domestic life. They're, they're pure masculine ener- energy. They're pure id. They're, but they're also pure ego at the same exact time. And they have to just like, they're, they're just going until some, one of them kills the other one. Like they cannot stop doing it. Yeah, I think, well, I, I feel like they're also men who are, they're people who are affected by, like, consumerism and, like, the... You think? Yes, I think. Th- I th- you I, think Robert De Niro's character is in, which, in Heat? I think that he, the, okay, can I quote <laughs> the uh, Lana Del Rey? If you must, yes. <laughs> okay. She says, give me Hallmark, one dream, one life, one lover. Paint me happy and blue. <laughs> Norman Rockwell, no hype under our covers. It's just me and you. <laughs> I feel like he wants that. I feel like he, I feel like he wants... That's like the whole end of the movie when she knows who he is, when like she figures out what his deal is that like he's 
he's, he's not a robber. in sales. He's, turns he's out he's not her. from the Bay Area. Yeah. That he's like a really bad guy and she runs away and he like tackles her. Yeah. Remember? And there's that scene where they're like sitting together and she's like, are you going to let me go? Yeah. And, and he's like, there's the door. And she's like, but whatever, I want to leave later. And he's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, he, she thinks that she's being like fully kidnapped right now. And he thinks he that thinks she's like mad at him. Yeah. She's like, oh my, he's like, oh, my girlfriend's mad at me. Yeah. There's just like such a disconnect yeah there so wait do you think that he is not that that's not that's not what he wants i think that he i don't think he knows what he wants but i think that like i think that he wants what he gets at the end which is to die i think he wants to die the way that he dies I think he would not stop until he's killed that way. Like, it's like an addict. Like, do they want that? I don't know, but that's what they're doing. Like, well, don't you think that's why he goes to the hotel at the end? Like, there's that whole thing of like, she, she is so fully Stockholm syndromed. She's like, yeah. fine, I'll come with you. I'll go with you. Let's go together. But he he's has like, to right do this now. one last thing. And she's like, is there time? And he's like, yeah, there's time. And he's going to seek revenge. And uh, there's something that Al Pacino says as frequently as De Niro says the thing about, like, don't get attached to anything you can't leave if the heat's coming around the corner yeah. or whatever. Which is, I think Al Pacino is like, all I am is what I'm going after. Yeah. There's that thing. Because there's a thing with him, too, of, like, he's a cop, but he's just, like, the relentless pursuit of these criminals it's like, yeah. what are you? You have to think like that. Manhunter has a very similar theme to it. Yeah. Which is so good. I love. Well, I saw the first season and like the first episode of the new season. But no, no. It. The movie Manhunter. Oh, Manhunter. Which I is by Mindhunter. Mind no. Manhunter is uh, another Michael Mann movie. Well, as I said before, this is the only Michael Mann movie I've ever seen. But I did feel like. You know, yeah, I feel like when you're watching those scenes, it's like so sad and you're like, just be with her. And like, you know, you can tell that like she's special to him and he loves her in this like special way that he doesn't love that he hasn't felt before. I think that's communicated through the movie. Well, because I also think like it's it's her, but it's like the what she symbolizes to him, which is like stability, normalcy, like the the american dream like the wife the family that like this is what you work so hard for like you're 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 living this harsh life what's the end result but he never like even when he says to al pacino like oh yeah i have a woman but i would leave her in a heartbeat and he would and he does like do you think that yeah yeah and i don't like i i but he but he doesn't leave her because it's safer for him he leaves her because it's more dangerous for him and that's what he wants it's like if you and he's following through on his promise to al pacino yeah his true love his true love well, his true other his true other half yeah his like his actual literal like his soulmate yeah his real they're each other's soulmates yeah that's his real soulmate. But there's also I guess yeah that is like a much finer point that you're putting on it because I thought like oh it's like he's driven by um like he's being driven by revenge. Like w was my when I was thinking about it and it's like he 
what you are is what you're seeking or like you all you are is what you're going after and it's like what is he going after he's going after revenge he's like fulfilling this debt because that serial killer that he gets at the hotel at the end like he is a catalyst for all of the things that happen through the movie yeah. and he's working in both storylines and he's so reckless and he's so evil and there's all this fucked up stuff that's happening like you want him to you want De Niro to like go after him and kill him but you also want him to like get on the plane and like be free get out of there yeah and like it would be better if he just got out of there because it's not like his job to do like vigilante justice no <laughs> and it's not anyone's job to do that but i mean but it's personal for him it's personal for him but it's also like that's the world that he belongs in like he belongs in the world of thieves and criminals and like you know molesters and abusers and if you wrong someone you're gonna kill them and if you say you're gonna like if you owe a debt you pay your debt and like all of this like gangster bullshit that's his that's like his identity it to me this this movie and casino are both but i think heat more is like about addiction like that heat is about addiction yeah i don't think he's chasing the white picket fence like i don't think consumerism is what drives robert de niro or al pacino i think it's like the feeling that they get when they when their heart rate is accelerated because they are doing the thing that they do all the time. Whoa. Do you think that he was going to call it speed, but then the movie speed came out? Um, I did think about speed when I watched it. Cause I love speed. I love speed too. Um, that was another one I watched. I should say I love speed as well. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen speed too, I'll, but it's on a boat and it's with Jason Patrick. Yeah, you need Keanu to really yeah, tell I mean, that story, to tell that tale. Death. death. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a Keanu series. That would be great. Um, what did you think of the final, like, wh- what did you think of Amy Brenneman's character, Robert De Niro's girlfriend in the movie? The the scene where she's, like, sitting in the car waiting for him at the end. I don't know. I, I didn't really think... I didn't feel like that was a character that was like super fleshed out to me. I didn't totally get a lot from her. I felt like her character was, um, I think that she was a lonely woman who was seduced by a criminal and naively believed that he was going to give up his criminal lifestyle for her, but never would. And she was like, an enabler like the women the women in this movie are all enablers all of them i think so except for maybe robert de niro's wife i mean al pacino's wife if she if if uh what's her name val kilmer's what's her name uh, ashley judd if ashley judd's character uh, wasn't an enabler, she wouldn't have, she would have let him get arrested. You think? Yeah, I know. That's what it is. It's like, it's not your job to take care of people who are self-destructing. Yeah. And like, that's what all of the women in these movies, in this movie do. Yeah, I guess I, I just, um, 
I I don't know. I think that she, the Brenneman character, Edie, I, I don't think that she's so blank. Like, I really like her. I think it's a really good performance, even if it is a bit underwritten and there's so much that's just, like, subtextual. Yeah. But, like, this, I mean, the scene of her being, like, are you going to let me go? Are you going to let me go later? Like, I don't think that you get a moment like that in a lot of other movies. Like it's very clear what their what the dynamic is. Yeah. He's like touching her face and she's recoiling and it's like very clear. Like you see her kind of like weighing her options and how to get of, away. How to get away and then ultimately like realizing that maybe she can't get away and then calculating like well this isn't that bad. And yeah. I actually do like him and like New Zealand sounds fun. And like, what else do I have going on? And okay. And then like going through that and then going with him and every step of the way. And then he's like, just wait here in the car. And she's sitting there in the car and you hear the alarms going off. And it's like, he's doing something fucked up. Something fucked yeah. up. Is nobody is making you stay there. Like, just leave, just go, just like get out of the car, go be free, leave. And then like the cop cars start showing up and the ambulances and it's this whole big circus. And she's still like trying to figure out what to do. And it's, well, I felt like she, Oh, go on. I'm just, and just like how she sees him, the look on her face when she sees him and how she gets out of the car and realizes that like he's gone and he's never coming back. And she never really like, like he could leave her like that. Like she could choose to give up everything and like he just walk away. He just walk away like that. She would defy herself and deny like her own sense to go along with this guy to be like, to believe in the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and that he's like, whatever. Bye. Yeah. Well, it's like so good. It really, it gets me every time. Robert De Niro's character like is incapable of loving another person like not not that he's like a psychopath but that he's incapable of like giving that type of love to somebody that's i think like i agree and like that is what is so um there's something very tender about this movie to me yeah i think so too and like sweet and sad and like yes and like it is it's like a sad dad movie it's a sad dad yeah. movie and it's it's like a it's a sad tough guy movie yeah because it's just like ugh, underneath these exter- it like it's all exoskeleton and it's just like mush inside but and- they can't they don't self-examine and they won't self-examine and they're like raised not to and they're like conditioned to not self-examine so it just comes out in like action yeah he there's a scene that i thought was an interesting parallel to analyze this when um so there's that (laughs) i was not expecting that well uh okay so there's the great scene there's like i mean there's like a million the movie is just like stacked with great scenes it's just like one after another it's so good it's insane but there's the um there's that crazy scene in like long beach or whatever where uh all the criminals are like in the shipyard and then they leave and then all the cops are in the shipyard and they're like what are they looking at what are they looking at and and robert or al pacino is like i know what they're looking at they're looking at us (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and then like the perspective goes up and you yeah. see like De Niro on the camera yeah. and it's like they're the surveillance. There's like all these like power shifts and yeah. perspective changes. So uh, he's driving. De Niro's like driving somewhere and Al Pacino is behind him and he pulls him over and he's like, how about uh, you and me go get a cup of coffee? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the iconic scene, like them sitting together and yes. having that coffee. And like, that's the scene that like that was that's what I remember about that movie. Like the scene of them like sitting together. And like, I mentioned to a friend of mine that we were watching this movie this week and he goes, oh, scene in the diner. Right. Great scene. That's all. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I was like, Jesus Christ. And then like when they went for coffee, I was like, oh, yes, this is the end of the movie. And then it's like not even halfway not even, through. Yeah, it's like I, in my mind, that was the end of the movie. I was like, I thought it ended with them just sort of like having a hard time, <laughs> which would have been I mean, it well, might as well have. Does, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in that diner scene, which is so, so great. And there's another great Michael Mann diner scene in a movie called Thief with uh-huh. um, James Caan and Tuesday Weld, which actually, can I tell you about this real yeah. quick? Uh, James Caan is a safe cracker. It takes place in Chicago. They blow up the green mill at the end. Oh, the green mill. Yeah, it's uh-huh. great. It's a, That's like a really, really fun, great movie. And Drive, I think, was very inspired by it. There's a lot right. of... Like, I didn't see Drive either. Well, then you're clean slate. Yeah. Um, it's so good. But uh, James Caan and Tuesday Weld, uh, she's like... She's kind of a Sharon Stone and Casino type. Like this, you know, like gangster mole who's like been around the block. She's seen it all. She's done it all. She's fucking tired of the fucking rat race. And so is he. And they... They, he has this like very um, pragmatic conversation with her where he's like, you've had a hard life. I've had a hard life. I'm going to do one more job. I'm going to take this money. You and me, we're going to go to the suburbs. We're going to have a family. And we're going to do it right. And she's like, okay. And it's this, it, 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 it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's like such a good scene. And this movie reminds me or that reminds me of this movie or vice versa in uh, uh, like a couple different thematic places. This diner scene reminds me of that in a way. Okay. And just like, these are men who want something that they can't have. Like this, like the, like normal life, quote unquote, normal life is like always just sort of out of reach. But I feel like in this movie, as opposed to like the other movie, watch casino or like other Martin Scorsese movies, but like casino, I guess especially because that's the one we watched this week. The, they have a, so like Robert De Niro's character in Casino has a desire to have a normal life. He wants Ginger to be his wife. He wants her just like toe the line. Toe the line. And he's always like telling um, Joe Pesci, like I'm doing a clean business. I'm doing it right. I want everything to be right. I just want to, be above the line and whatever, but he is from this underworld and that's the space that he occupies. Yeah. And he will never be like as a, like, I mean, this is like, as like an immigrant or like the child, like the a first generation American or whatever, like he will never be able to fully assimilate with like the cowboys or whatever that they call them. Like the, like, Protestant basically Americans that are in Nevada and Mormons you're talking about Mormons more uh, Nevada's full of Mormons well that those are I don't think are those the people that are like like the cowboys and stuff that are like pushing up against them I don't know that there's 
explicitly Mormon. He mentions Mormons in the movie. Well, the okay, so the Mormons, the people. So he's like Italian. Like he's not like a. He's not from like a Protestant sect. He's not like a multi generational American person. He's from like a different class of Americans, especially when the movie is set in the 60s and 70s and especially in Nevada. So he's a total outsider in that world and he's pushing up against them and he's pushing up and what they represent is the American government, which is like constantly oppressing the like lower classes and the immigrants who are coming into this country. So that, so like now obviously we would tell that story through the guise of like non white immigrants coming into America. Um, the way that the story was told and like the time that it was told is from the perspective of people who are like Italian or Jewish or, um, or other types, other types of white people that were discriminated against from like mainstream whiteness in that time, like in the sixties and seventies, especially and before. So those are like the lower classes and they can never fully assimilate and they can never fully find the respect that they want from like the American upper classes. And like, so in those movies, the oppression comes from the government. It comes from the situation as opposed to in heat. It's set in the nineties. These people could easily have any life that they want. Robert De Niro's character doesn't need to have a life of crime, but all of that, everything that separates him from like, stability love is and family is himself it's like man versus nature in and his casino, own nature is inside or himself. man oh. versus himself in heat like you know that thing like man versus society man versus nature man versus himself yeah i guess it's man versus society and scorsese in casino, in casino yeah, yeah. and then man versus himself in heat yeah and uh yeah i think so the um the comparison I was going to make to analyze this is like so thin, but oh sorry, uh, I'm oh, sorry. Oh no, the uh uh in in that scene in the diner that um he uh De Niro like talks about a dream that he has, and Al Pacino is like um he's like oh what do you think that means? And he's like I fucking know what it means. Do you remember? And he like analyzes his dream for himself. I and don't remember that. It uh, for the purposes of this doesn't matter exactly what he was saying, but. Uh, I was just thinking about like he is pretty it's just a demonstration of him being self-aware and having um, having a sense of self that is unexpected for a character like this in a movie like this. And also interesting how they push against that in something like analyze this. Like if he were to live like. I don't know. I was just thinking about like if that character lived and he, if like time went by and you know how like you have periods of your life where you feel really confident and you feel like such a badass, and then and then times where like you feel really depressed and you feel like totally off kilter. I feel like yeah. Analyze this. It's the absurdist take. <laughs> so do you think that the? So do you think that? Um, so you think analyze this is the absurdist take on heat? No, I just think that um, watching it after watching these two movies, it's like the 
the idea of like psychology is already being addressed by Michael Mann in these movies. Like he's not, his character is not somebody who is like, he thinks about himself. He, he's not, he's not like, he's not a machine. He is analyzing his behavior and his activity. He interprets his dreams. He has like a very um, sophisticated sense of self and like self analysis. And I feel like analyze this is assuming that like gangsters never do that. And that's where like a lot of the comedy comes from in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, or like we also talked about like The Sopranos. Yeah. And how like that TV show is all sort of saying, asking the question like, is this nature or is this nurture? And if it's nurture, then like what exactly are we doing to make this type of thing happen? And like, what's the difference between like, like what makes a sociopath? Yeah. Do you think that Robert De Niro and he is a sociopath? Um, I don't really know the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath. I think like a psychopath is like worse <laughs> or something, but I don't totally know what it is. But I would definitely think that like any criminal who doesn't conform and like kills people uh, without remorse or without like is and does and like yeah like doesn't conform to like mainstream society is a sociopath yeah do you think that uh robert de niro in casino is a sociopath or a psychopath i think well robert de niro in casino is yeah like i think that like all gangsters and gangster movies are sociopaths like, I think it's all about sociopaths. Like, anyone, like, if you can stand there and watch, like, a guy get his, like, hand hammered and, like, Oof. all the bones in it broken because he stole from you. Like, I think that what sociopaths are, people who, like, are, like, somehow, like, at least conditioned to not feel empathy. I don't totally know the difference. I don't, I, I'm talking out of school. <laughs> but, I yeah, I think that, like, all I think they're all sociopaths. Don't you think? I mean, like... He's he like hits his wife. He doesn't he, hit his wife. He doesn't hit her. I don't think he hits her. He well, he considers his wife to be like essentially a prostitute. Well, she is. Well. OK, a sociopath feels no guilt about hurting a stranger, but they may feel guilt or reserve or remorse over hurting someone they share a bond with. A psychopath is aware that what he or she is doing is wrong, but doesn't care. I, there's got to be more to it than that. I think there is. Because I feel like when they're like. But I guess he's a sociopath. Because he feels no guilt or remorse, but he feels it over hurting someone that he shares a bond. Yeah, with, like he loves Ginger. his he loves his daughter. He loves Ginger. He doesn't. And neither of them want to kill each other. I mean, like even uh Joe Pesci like won't kill Robert De Niro. He's like, she Ginger's like, why don't you kill him? And he is like, kill him. I've known him for 30 years. You think I'm going to kill him over you? Like, yeah, he, I think that, but like he would kill 
a guy like at the in the first one of the first scenes of the movie he like stabs a guy to death with his own pen for just like being an asshole in a bar like oh uh joe pesci is definitely like a sociopath and a psychopath <laughs> yeah well i guess yeah maybe he's a psychopath I yeah i feel like he knows that what he's doing is wrong and he doesn't care and he doesn't feel any guilt and i think he feels pleasure uh he's a sadist he is a sadist i think that he's definitely a sadist he lives in the shadow of sod which is my <laughs> new i just that's like a way that i personally like to say that people are sadists the way that joe pesci dies is so terrible i know and i accidentally saw pictures of his face of the real guy the real guy it's and brutal. it was exactly like that I have to say, this is so fucked up, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Uh, so when he gets killed in the movie, they torture him. There's a lot of torture that goes on. It's so brutal. But they torture him by um, beating his brother to death in front of him. Yeah. And it is um, devastating to him. It's like it's like the only thing I think that could really, truly get through to him. Because he yeah. doesn't give a shit about anybody else. <laughs> I know. Uh I yeah I mean as somebody who's close to her sisters that would that would kill me if I saw me insane if anything happened to my brother I would fucking go insane oh sorry I've I've been this is what I've been googling so you know the senator in um casino Uh uh-huh do you know who he's based on no Harry Reid ew I hate do I hate Harry Reid he was Democrat I think He's not in, he was the speaker of the house, or not the speaker, he was a senator. He was, he was whatever Mitch McConnell is. Um, I think he was a Democrat though. But he, um, he, but that's what I mean. Like they're pushing up against, like, look at how somebody like that is considered versus like what happened to Harry Reid. <laughs> and like how, like how America that's why that's why like Martin Scorsese movies are about like how America works instead of like the inner workings of like the male mind yeah I was uh hearing something about how Casino is like one of his more political movies in that way that he is like taking on I mean it's it's um it's very like um what's the word like like not in like it's intentionally political like there are politicians in it who yeah. are based on real politicians and there's real life mob lawyers like oscar goodman who's that he he was a real life mob lawyer and he became the mayor of vegas and uh he was i think he got in trouble because he was doing ads for tanqueray while he was the mayor he was the mayor in like i mean i don't know how long when i lived there he was the mayor but he he's like a very notorious figure and he is uh, he's their lawyer in the in the movie. He even has lines and they refer to another character as Oscar. I think somebody plays him in the movie and he plays somebody else in the movie. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar Goodman. You'd know you'd recognize him in a second. There's a picture of me with Oscar Goodman when I was um, 17 and I worked at a film festival in Vegas. Cool. I posted it on Instagram and I said, look, me and my first boyfriend and somebody thought that it really like, you was. should take that down. Oh but my I God. won't. It, well, I mean, like if he was your first boyfriend, you wouldn't take it down either. No, who cares? He was for the record. No. Did you like get you the, should take that down? No, he should take me down. You should block that person. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like people are so fucking annoying on Instagram. I agree. Oh my God. Um, 
Uh, did you get the uh, blog that I sent you about how about uh, domestic violence in casino? I skimmed it. I didn't read the whole thing, but I thought it was very nice. Yeah, it was about how Robert De Niro is a victim of domestic violence in the film Casino, and um, I thought that it was, I, th- I thought that it was really interesting. And did you describe him as a beta? I described Robert De Niro as a beta in both movies as a as an as a person because as a person. not as a person. But I think that like Robert De Niro is always um, I mean, top build, but not doesn't necessarily always get the screen time. And he's such a natural and reserved actor. He's and he wonderful. performs with so much like integrity. He would never like sell out a character. And I don't think he would ever do a character like he's paired with Al Pacino or. Uh, Joe Pesci who are like at an 11 and going totally crazy especially Al Pacino and he oh my god but, but he like keeps the tether to the ground but he He's just like that's just like the type of actor that he is like he yeah. that's just who he is so that's why I was like oh he's kind of a beta because he's always playing like you he's Robert like totally Tarling's, cucked and he makes you work for it and yeah. he's like if you don't want it go ahead pass me by but you'll regret it Cause I'm going to be right here, like bringing this like true heart, bringing the heat and like bringing heart to this script in a way that it and you do not deserve. I mean, truly so much heart. Like I have to say, okay. In casino, when Sharon Stone comes back, she goes to Vegas with her dirtbag fucking piece of shit, pimp boyfriend, um, James Woods, right? Lester diamond. She uh, has flown to Los Angeles with the daughter. She's like kidnapped the daughter and is is staying with Lester Diamond for the weekend, blows $25,000 of De Niro's money. And then she comes back with her tail between her legs. She's like, I'm so sorry. And there's this that great dinner scene where he's like, $25,000. Okay, a suit is $1,000 each, but he doesn't know what's good. You bought him a nice watch. Uh, maybe that's three grand. Maybe that's like you got him some nice cigars. Do you remember that whole like litany of. Yeah. And he's like twenty five thousand dollars. I can live with if it was any more. You're bad. And she's I couldn't like, deal with it. But twenty five. I can dress like a fucking vampire. Yeah. And she's chain smoking in the restaurant. Yeah. And she's like, what do you care? What do you care? Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. But later, uh, they, like, go to bed together, and he wakes up in the night, and she's on the phone. And she's, like, s- trying to get him killed. Yes. And he goes crazy, and he, like, takes, like, her clothes. He's, like, taking her clothes off the hangers, and he, like, she's, like, what about my money? And he, like, throws a shoebox of money at her, and he's, like, he's like, you never even loved me. There's this whole thing in the middle of like all this stuff. He's like, you never loved me. It's like, I just wanted you to love me. And like, you didn't, you like, you couldn't even love me. And it just like, made me so sad. I feel like like, this poor man, he just like needs somebody to love. I feel like it's different. Like, I feel like that's why, like, I feel like it's, so, okay, so this movie was made, it was based on this book by Nora Ephron's husband, whatever his name is, which is how I choose to refer to him. Thank you. And, um, but also I can't remember how his last name is pronounced, but um, the real woman who this character is based on is dead in the way that she dies in the movie. Of drugs. Yeah, like in a hotel, like in a Beverly Hills hotel. She like OD'd in the lobby of a Beverly Hills hotel. It's like basically exactly what's shown in the movie. 
Um, and it is, uh, I think basically like was like the, one of the main sources or like the main source is this guy who Robert De Niro plays. So what is the position of this woman who loves this young guy? So in real life, the real woman whose name is like Jerry McGee, Jerry McGee. She grew up right here. She grew up in Sherman Oaks Valley. Yeah. Yeah, Sherman Oaks. And she had this boyfriend who was like represented by Lester, whatever in the movie. Um, I almost said Lester Holt. (laughs) Oh my God. No Lester diamond. Um, did you read Amber Tamblyn's account of uh, James Woods in the nineties when she was a little teenager? No. Oh, it's revolting. She was going to see a show at like the Palladium or something and he was in the uh, parking lot and was like, fly with me to Vegas. And she's like, I'm 16. And he was like, even better. I mean, he's a disgusting. He's disgusting. Well, he I, plays disgusting. He plays disgusting. And I thought the casting was so good. And when he's like fighting with the daughter, they're just like bickering with each other. And it's like, yeah, you're on the same fucking emotional level as this. I know. And it's like very, yes, pig. I know. So, um, so he, so she was like, has this like version of Lester diamond in her life. And they are like this. They're contemporaries. They're the same age. They're both, they meet in high school. They fall in love. They actually had a child together in real life. And he, sent her to Las Vegas to do what she did. Like he was a pimp, I guess. Like he wanted her to go and do that. And she did. And her, um, she was like constantly devoted to him. But I think that I just wonder what her account would have been like what, how she felt about her life. Cause nobody thinks of themselves as, as the talented Mr. Ripley said, no one thinks of themselves as a bad person. Like she didn't think that she is like an unfit mother and a whore and a bitch. Like she probably was in so much pain during all of this. Yeah. And why? And also like this man who is like the protagonist of the movie and played by Robert De Niro, who's like a great actor and delivers so much heart and compassion with everything he does. And is like, so magnetic to watch. Um, he should have played Bernie Madoff. Who played Bernie Madoff? Al Pacino. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> In that movie that we that watched we when watched, we were so hungover. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> I fu- No, he did play Bernie Madoff. De Niro? Wasn't that? De- that was De Niro. Was that De Niro? Hang on. I'm Googling it. I'm just like, <laughs> wow. Well, it shows you how hungover I was. I did puke in a car that night. Sorry. I know. And then I like sat in a Waffle House and called my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I talked to him on the phone for like two hours and I don't remember anything. <laughs> Wizard of Lies. Wizard of Lies. Was that Robert De Niro and it, Michelle Pfeiffer? That was... That was Robert De Niro, baby. Fuck off. All right. I sit corrected. Wait, hang on. Fuck. I'm trying to like make the wow. fucking poster bigger. Oh my God. I love Robert. <laughs> <laughs> An old Robert De Niro. Show me, show me, show me, so show me, show me. He's so cute. I mean, I don't know. I'm just like trying. I accidentally clicked on oh, I videos. See it. Oh, God my God. Damn. Michelle Pfeiffer looks unreal. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just fucking went into that damn Waffle House and I was just like, can I please have some waffles? Thank you. And I was just like eating waffles. Like I was Sharon Stone and Casino. Like, I just want some waffles. Thank you so much. Can I just have, can I just have a change of clothes? Can I have some syrup? Please do you have any extra, but I can love I waffles. Please house. go in my house. I've been in these clothes for if 48 you, hours. If you send me to the South, I will get drunk and I will eat waffles. That is, like we went to, um, fact. famous all nude, um, uh, strip, strip club, club called Twing and Richard. It was so <laughs> fun. Ridiculous. They sold Lucy's in the bathroom. Oh, I don't want to get them canceled no they're in atlanta the rules are different down there i did i we smoked so many cigarettes we drank so much it was you could smoke in there it was the fucking and it was so fun and oh my god it was so fun and yeah they were like full nude fully nude and there was a stripper named mercedes who (laughs) had a car that was not a mercedes who tried to attack you yes he did he was like get in my car i'll drive you to your friends and And you did get in that guy's car excuse me i did not get in i remember you driving by in his car that is a false memory my friend because i did not i distinctly remember i remember you sticking your head out of his car and being like and looking at me like what am I doing? And he stopped and you got out in front of us. I, that is, you guys, what happened what in Atlanta? Happened? <laughs> this is our only true? one person knows and it's Emily Schmidt. Let me tell you how I remember this tale. Oh God. Okay. We were in this, we were in swinging Richards. Uh, he had given me a lap dance. And now that I think about it, remember. his name was not Mercedes. It was Dallas. He had one. Yeah, I remember he had Dallas, but he also had another name. He had another name. Yeah. So he w- he's like in a cowboy hat and he was like just dirtbag city. And Emily, we were like going to leave. And Emily, Emily was like, hey, hey, like it was like lights out. Everybody was leaving. the It club. was closing time, closing time full on. And we're waiting for the lift. And em- or what? I don't even think we'd called it yet. And Emily is like. Hey, 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 my friend wants to talk to you. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I don't want to talk to this guy. First of all, I'm married. So, so it's like. I swear to God, I think I was just like taking like pictures of myself and like sending them to Brian the entire, like during you, this, like I was not a part of this. Definitely were. So I we're, was wandering. I do not remember any of it. We're in the, par- I'm, I'm in the parking lot and like. I like say hello and I'm smoking a cigarette and he was like, stop smoking your cigarette. And I was oh, like, I remember Fuck that you know? And he was like, I care about my body. His body is a temple. He's it's his meal ticket. He's like, I care about my body. I don't smoke cigarettes. And I was like, good for you. <laughs> no, you were alone with him for that. I remember yes, you because you was, went with him to your car, which was like way on the other side of the parking we lot. walked across the parking lot and he's like telling me to stop smoking. And I was like, no, I'm not smoking. And he was like, get in my car. And I was like, I'm not getting in your car. And he was like, I'll drive you to your friends. And I said, no, thank you. And he was like, I remember him doing it. And no, you driving. he drove. I like turned around because I was wearing that like leopard print dress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, was it a dress or was it a bodysuit? It was a dress. Did it long, have pants? No, but it, it's long like you would think it would. It's right. like a, It's like below the... It's a cocktail length. Okay. Skin tight, leopard print, body dress. It was a fun night. It was such a fun night, but this is what I recall. I recall... Because I can... I visualize myself. I wouldn't put out my cigarette, and I, I think I probably lit another one to be like, you don't tell me what to do. Also, well, who why are am I you? even talking to you? Why Dallas? You? Oh, and his name was Dallas, and I think he was from Dallas. Or he said he was from Dallas, because I mean, so that was who why his name was tell. Dallas. Whoever knows. 
And uh, I walked I mean, it to you guys, and he, I remember he peeled out, and he like he he like made a show of driving away from us, being like, "Here's what you could have had." Maybe that was what I was remembering. Yeah, I mean, I th- if I'd gotten his car, would have been kidnapped. Dead. He wouldn't have dropped me off. I mean, there's like that's insane. No, that would have been like Al Pacino or Robert a, De Niro. No, that would have heat territory. That would have been that Sopranos episode where he beats that girl to death in the parking lot of the strip club. The horse club. girl, the horse yes, one. Yes. Oh my god. Like she's a beautiful with the braces. Creature. Oh my god. That's a good episode. That's a great, great episode. The Sopranos is so fucking it good. Was oh my god, so good. But that's how I felt. So of course, I'm not gonna get in a car. I mean, I'm I'm an adult woman. I'm married. I'm not getting in a but car. But then the next get morning, we were really, really hungover, and we watched Wizard of Lies. Yeah, and we slept like super late. We slept to like noon, and you went to the Martin, Martin Luther King. King. That's right. I went to the Martin Luther King Museum. Yes, Memorial. It was like a museum. Yeah, and it was great. Did you and go to the church? Yeah, I went all around because like it's like a whole little area where like you go to the museum and then like you walk down and there's like the church and then like I went in the basement. And there was an actor doing a full reenactment of one of his sermons oh and it was really cool That's and awesome. it was great. And um, and then I did and then I like walked around a little bit more. Oh, and then we met up in a cemetery. Yeah, right near the uh, right near the MLK museum it was like yeah i guess i didn't really know where it was i was just like kind of that was so fun that was so awesome that you I mean, came it was, there it was so fun it was so nice that you came i fucking love the south like if anyone is in the south and wants me to visit them i will i love it there i mean it's fucked up as hell but like mm-hmm. it is just so it's also so cool to visit i think about my apartment sometimes you had a really nice apartment there can i tell you that jacket that i wore that night I don't remember, but you can. Well, I got it at a clothing swap here in Los Angeles. It was a, a brown leather jacket with a elastic around the wrists and the collar. It actually reminded me of the jacket Sharon Stone wore when it's she... It was like a bomber jacket. It was like a bomber jacket, and uh, I loved it. But I puked all over it that night, Aww. and I put it out on the fire escape, and I never got it back. From your apartment? Yeah, I forgot about it. I just like never opened that door again. I just like put it there to air it out. You did puke. Yeah, I remember. Uh, let's pit art against each other. Casino or Heat? Just wait, what's just ca- the movie Casino or the movie Heat? Yeah. Well, when we first started, I was saying Casino. I said I liked Casino. Like, or when we first started, I, I liked Heat. I said I liked Heat better. Yeah. But after this conversation... I might be sliding back into Casino Town, baby. Because, I mean... It's beautiful. It's It's a beautiful beautiful film. And when Uh, I think of, like... It's beautiful in so many ways. Martin Scorsese's, like, body of work and how it fits in. If I'm thinking of, like, Goodfellas, Casino, and Wolf of Wall Street together as, like, a trio... Mm -hmm. There's a couple different trios going on. You got uh, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Casino. Yeah. You got Goodfellas casino wolf of wall street Mm -hmm. there is like a real through line i feel feel like like he's playing with his own work yes i feel like like very elevated way yes and so i feel like when i look at it in that way where i'm like how does this fit into this person's body of work and the subject of the series robert de niro robert de niro's body of work and like who he has worked with the most and like what kind of character i mean i think that he also like definitely is like incredible in heat and I love heat, but I kind of, I mean, 
honestly, if like if you were like you have to watch one of those movies again right now, I think I would pick Casino. um i have watched heat uh i think that i've watched that movie many times as an adult and that's like like a real rosetta stone of a movie for me okay (laughs) i feel like i'm always like pulling new things out of it and i i i just i love it so like there's something about it that's just really that i love so much and i love michael mann's movie so much um, I am really inclined. I, I'm like very drawn towards heat. However, I will say that the first two thirds of Casino, I was not feeling it so much. Yeah, neither I, was I. I was like, I'm watching this because we're going to talk about it. And like, I really... I had to like continually like invest and reinvest and reinvest in it. And then a threshold was passed and I was like, this movie's incredible. And similar to you, like it, uh, all these different things came into focus for me in a, in a new way. So it feels a little bit newer. It feels a little bit fresher to me. So I don't know, maybe multiple viewings. I'd love to see it in a theater. Um, but as far as like a die hard ride or die movie, if I'm in my desert island movie, I really love heat. I understand. Yeah. If I'm on a desert island, I'm bringing casino. Damn. I hope I'm not making the wrong choice. No, I, I hope our desert islands are close to each other and we can trade. And we can be like, hey, how's heat? And you're like, good. How's casino? I'll be like, that's pretty good. Can we trade? Yeah, I'm sick of this. It sucks. Oh, good. I'm sick of this. It sucks. Exactly. And then we trade. I have nothing else to say. Nor do I. I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Okay, go. Let's end this. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> uh, if you like this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple ti- Apple Podcasts. Podcast. Tell a friend. Tell a neighbor. Tell an enemy. Tell, tell your parole officer. You please rate us five stars only. We don't have time for your fucking bullshit with yeah. four, three, but two, I, or one. I personally would be curious. curious. Just please give us reviews. Okay. Thanks for okay. listening. Bye. Bye.